Hey there, I'm Christy Osborne with Mountainside Media, and I'm going to be your personal data nerd today as I guide you through some simple analytics to help you better track your marketing efforts, and then hopefully turn your data into dollars. You see, I believe that more marketing should actually result in more money for your business, more sales, more inquiries. And oftentimes it sounds simple when you hear people say, mind your numbers and know your numbers. But I'm sure you've realized by now that it's often not as straightforward as it sounds. One tool that I find indispensable for optimizing marketing strategies is Google Analytics. It is a workhorse for optimizing marketing for inquiries and sales. And the best part is Google Analytics is free and it does not have to be complicated, I promise. In fact, you only need to answer three basic questions to get going in Google Analytics. And today I'm gonna walk you through these power questions and show you how to find the answers in your analytics. And those three simple and powerful questions are, one, am I getting enough traffic to my website? Two, is the traffic that I'm getting quality traffic? In other words, do web visitors seem genuinely interested in your products or services? And finally, how much of that web traffic is actually turning into inquiries? That's it. Sounds simple, right? This time it is. It truly is that simple. The reality is most people go wrong with Google Analytics by aimlessly clicking around and hoping to gain insights. They go down one random rabbit hole after another, sometimes feeling like a rock star when they see a good report and other times feeling bad because the bad ones make them feel bad, like they're not doing the right thing. And at some point, a random brainstorm will happen and they'll decide the answer is definitely Pinterest. Definitely. Not surprisingly, this scattershot approach leads to scattershot results. And while it's true, you'll likely get some win some of the time. Just like gambling, small wins here and there do not ladder up to financial success. Without a disciplined approach to measurement and making database decisions for your business, your marketing efforts may result in a few wins here and there, but you're inevitably probably going to hit a black plateau or worse, start to lose time and money on your marketing. <laughs> and the problem is you're not going to know why. So these random acts of marketing quickly become an expensive gamble in your business. So let's get disciplined and focus on those three most important questions that you need to ask and the analytics reports that hold the insights and the answers. So the first question is easy and I'll bet most of you have already asked it. That question is, are enough people visiting my website? So remember, different folks will visit your website for different reasons. Some folks will visit by accident and leave immediately. Uh, maybe they thought you were something that you're not. Maybe they are just starting to plan their wedding or event and they're gathering information. Maybe they're considering booking somebody like you and have your website open. And they're researching you and comparing you to your competition or Maybe they're done with their research and they're seriously considering booking you and they only need to fill out that inquiry form. So yay, that's always the most exciting part. Now I'm not gonna lie, you're gonna need more than lots of web visitors to succeed in marketing. But when you don't have enough traffic, nothing else is gonna work right. 
And here's why. Every website is going to have a small amount of visitors who aren't really ready to do business with them. They're either going to be shopping around, they're gathering inspiration, or they're doing research like we just talked about. In other words, they aren't ready to inquire yet. Because these different people have different needs and different reasons for visiting your website, your expectations for how many web visitors are actually going to inquire about your services should be adjusted accordingly. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little salty here because I once heard a marketing consultant declare, if you only have 10% of your conversion rate on your website, you're leaving 90% of your potential income on the table. <laughs> Dude. What? Let me just disabuse you of that idea that 100% of your web traffic's gonna convert to inquiries. That's not how that works. I mean, bots alone make that math not work. Here's the real deal. On average, you want to have at least 1% to 5% conversion rate on your inquiry page. And if you're looking at the conversion rate for all of the pages on your website and the overall website conversion, 1% to 3% is fine. And here's why. Actually, before I dive in, I want to offer a small content warning. In order to make database decisions that increase your marketing ROI, you need to be comfortable doing a little bit of math. Actually, math might be too strong a word. This is the stuff that you learned in third grade, elementary school. It's actually arithmetic. So addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. And for goodness sake, feel free to use a calculator. It's, it's, it's not hard math and you get to use a calculator. So yay go you. Okay, now for the math section. So let's say you get a nice even 100 people to visit your website last month. And let's say one person inquires about your services. Well, you take that one inquiry and divide that by the number of total traffic to your website or your landing page if you're calculating that conversion rate. But you take the, the one inquiry divided by the number of people who have visited your website. And in this case, you get 1%. Now, let's think about your close rate. Let's say that half of all of the people who inquire on your website, you're able to meet and close and book and they become clients. This means that for every two people that inquire on your website, you get a sale, right? So you can book one of them. Now, if you are only getting one inquiry a month, you might have to wait two whole months to book a single client. And that, my friends, is why traffic matters. You need a minimum amount of reasonably qualified website visitors in order to get enough inquiries to sell your services. So it's not a vanity metric when you're trying to meet a minimum threshold. When I start working with clients, I typically see between 1,000, 1,500 sessions per month. Honestly, oftentimes it's less than 1%. It's about half a percent inquiry rate. So this means that for every 1,000 people who come to their website, five are going to inquire. If they have a 50% close rate, they can expect to book one to three clients per month. So what report do you need to be looking at? You need to be looking at the traffic report, of course. And this report is going to be located in your Google Analytics. You're going to look at this report to make sure you're getting enough traffic. What's enough? Well, most of us need at least 1,000 sessions per month, but 1,500 to 3,000 can be even better depending on the size of the city or region that you serve. Now, venues. If you're a venue, 
you are different. Venues are different because you're going to get a lot more traffic and a lot lower inquiry rates because you're the first thing that most couples research and book. So they're going through a lot of volume with the venues. Therefore, I like to see a venue getting at least 2,500 to 5,000 sessions per month. Okay, so that's traffic. Let's go to question number two. Are your web visitors interested in doing business with you? I had a client one time who was getting 6,000 sessions a month in traffic. She explained that she got a bunch of traffic, but she didn't get inquiries every month. Since most of her traffic was coming from Pinterest, she reached out to me to talk about Pinterest ads. Sounds good, right? For those of you who have looked at your analytics from time to time, how many of you looked at your referral reports to see where traffic was coming from and decided to run ads or double down on your marketing efforts on that platform? Like I said, it makes sense on the surface. The problem is if you're getting a lot of traffic from a platform like Pinterest and only a few web visitors from that source are interested in doing business with you, then doubling down on that platform or your efforts and investing time and money into that platform is likely only going to exacerbate the problem. It's going to make the problem worse. So when I start drilling down into my client's analytics, I let the question, why is an increased Pinterest traffic leading to increased inquiries? And for each report I look at, I ask this question and see if the report can answer it. So I looked at engagement metrics like bounce rate and time on site. And I was like, hmm, they're staying for a spell and consuming web content. So then I looked at age and gender and they were qualified between 24 and 25 and 34 years old, female, looked good. Then I looked at the geography report and started to get a clue. So the folks that were coming to this website were from all over the country even though my client was a vendor based in New England. And I was like, hmm. Then I looked at the pages report to see what they were looking at and found my answer. The top pages that people viewed on my client's website were her blog posts. Now to her credit, her blog posts were all about her services, but still they weren't optimized for local search. So when we filtered out everybody but the folks in her region, we saw that she was only getting 400 sessions a month from web visitors who weren't qualified to do business with her. So even though she was getting all of this traffic, 6,000 sessions a month, she still had a traffic problem, a qualified traffic problem. So clearly traffic is only one piece of the puzzle. To make sure your traffic is qualified and interested in potentially doing business with you, look at the content they consume. You can do this by looking at your top pages. As an aside, I want to make a distinction between landing pages and pages. Landing pages are the pages that people get to first when they first enter your site and when they're coming from a different site or platform. A page is a popular page that traffic tends to navigate to irrespective of where they entered. So if they enter your blog post, but they're often looking at your gallery, your gallery should float to the top pages and that is a good sign. For the most part, your homepage is always going to be your top page. Um, and if you have a gallery page in your link tree, that might also be a top landing page. But the reason why I like to use top pages instead of top landing pages is because if the average web visitor is looking at two pages on a website, the landing page may 
only be the one that shows up in the landing page report. Whereas I want to know if they're looking at other pages, those services pages, those about pages, that inquiry page. Here's an example. Say you have a popular blog with real wedding content and you're constantly promoting this stuff online and you have a strong call to action button in your blog that says for more inspiration, view the gallery. And then because you're super savvy, you might have another button instructing gallery visitors to check out your services. Bueno. Now, when you look at your analytics, you're looking for evidence that web visitors are not only staying on your website, but they're also checking out that key content, that content you're trying to drive traffic to. So this is going to help them make a decision to inquire about your services. So when you're digging into your pages report, does it look like they're interested in your services and doing business with you? Or does it look like they're just getting inspiration and free tips that you're writing? Let's talk about the types of reports that can answer these questions. First things first, it's best to look at your pages report to see if your core services and sales pages are in the top five, ideally, or in the top 10. That's okay too. If you're if you blog regularly and have won the game of SEO and Pinterest optimization, you might find a lot of traffic coming to your blog and then leaving. And at first blush, you may think that you're attracting low quality traffic that's not interested in doing business with you. And that could very well be the case. However, if you look at the age and gender and location of these visitors, you might also find that they're well qualified to do business with you but maybe they're early in the process of planning their wedding. So what do you do? How do you take action on this information? Well, you might decide that you wanna capture an email or a cell phone number in order to stay in touch. You might wanna start planning to produce a lead magnet or create a pop-up window with an offer in exchange for their contact information. Can you see how analytics can guide your next logical step? If people are consuming that blog content, but not looking at your services page, you can capture their email, capture their phone number, put a call to action in there. Okay, so let's flip this around just a little bit. And let's say that you do find that all that blog traffic coming in from Pinterest and SEO is from all over the place. And your analytics are telling you that the traffic is low quality. Then what? Well, maybe you change your title and tagging strategy to include details and particulars about your location specifically. So instead of like writing a blog post about general summer cocktails, you could, if you're a planner or a venue or even a caterer, you could rework that blog post to be something like seasonal cocktails inspired by Asheville farmers markets. By placing the location in your content, you're sig signaling easy for me to say, you're signaling that only local couples will get the most out of your content. And that allows you to attract more qualified traffic, no matter where they are in the wedding planning journey. The most important point here is that you frame your questions when you're looking at Google Analytics in a way that helps you get useful answers that lead to strategic action steps. How you frame your questions will determine how, you sh how useful your, your answers that you find are in Google Analytics and how deep the insights you can get. Okay, so let's do a breakdown of what you should look at in your behavior reports to determine 
if your web traffic is interested in doing business with you. First, look at your top pages. Ideally, your top 10 pages should include your services page, your about page, your inquiry page, and any other pages that help them make a decision to inquire. It could be FAQ pages or case studies. Now, your homepage is often going to be the top page, so don't worry about that. Then, if you have a blog or a gallery, they should ideally be below your services about and inquiry pages. The key question you're trying to answer in these reports is, do web visitors in general seem interested in doing business with me? And if the answer is yes, start to drill down and look for opportunities that can be leveraged or look, any issues that need to be addressed and fixed. So you can look at time on page and bounce rate to get a basic overview of how engaging each page is. If your most engaging pages are your services page or your FAQ page, you may be able to leverage that with social media content, directing folks to your website to learn more. Or if you see a low time on page and a high bounce rate, meaning they're not finding what they're looking for and they're leaving immediately on your inquiry page, maybe you consider adding some information about what it's like to work with you, how you can help your clients, and maybe even a few testimonials from former clients to kind of bolster what you're saying. In this way, you're sending your web visitors to that inquiry page and you're giving them information they actually need to make a decision to fill out the form and inquire about your services. So let's move on to question number three. Question number three is both important and probably the most difficult to answer because it does require some additional setup in Google Analytics. And that final question is, are your web visitors converting to inquiries? So I keep talking about like, are they, are they inquiring? Are they inquiring? And this is a little bit tricky to cover because each business might have a slightly different setup and a slightly different way of capturing their inquiries. Some of us are still using basic web forms. Some of us, many of us actually are now using robust third-party CRMs and platforms like HoneyBook and Dubsado and 17 Hats. And setting up conversion goals in Google Analytics has always taken a little bit of extra work, but nowadays that setup can be different for each platform. So if you are using a third-party platform, uh, you can do one of two things. One, you can educate yourself. You're one YouTube video away probably, or you can hire an expert to help you set this up. But the point is, in order to answer the question, is my web traffic converting to inquiries, you have to set up a conversion goal in Google Analytics to track that form fill, track those inquiries. However, once you do this, the magic really starts to happen. You can not only see which marketing efforts are driving traffic, you can start to see which efforts are driving actual inquiries. And this is super important because looking at traffic will only get you so far, as I'm sure you know. So let me give you an example. Forgive me again, Pinterest fan. Um, this is another Pinterest story. I feel a certain way about Pinterest most of the time. Done right, it's amazing it's often not done right. So Pinterest story, client comes to me for Pinterest advertising. Again, she has this large blog generating a bunch of traffic. She's getting about 5,000 sessions a month. 
And she's doing all of the right things in terms of making database decisions, just like the other ones. She's asked her analytics questions like, where are opportunities to leverage organic wins with paid ads? And which social platforms are driving the most traffic? Really great questions to ask. And she got really good answers from her analytics. So far, so good. But when I looked at whether or not, just like the last person, any of that Pinterest traffic was converting to sales, the answer was hell no, a resounding no. But there was this tiny little platform that did drive much traffic, but the traffic that it did drive converted like amazingly, like 14% conversion rate. And that platform was Instagram. Now, part of the reason was her messaging on Instagram was geared towards sales. So they were primed to buy. So we decided to run Instagram ads because we knew that traffic was already primed to purchase. Now, Instagram is not a powerful traffic driver, but it was converting. So if we dialed up the traffic from Instagram with sales, we should see results. And we did. She started getting a seven to one ROI, which meant for every dollar she spent on ads, she made seven in return. And the point is, is that traffic can tell you quite a bit about how your marketing is functioning. But it's not until you set up these conversion goals and start actually tracking inquiries that you really get a good idea of which marketing efforts and which channels are actually worth the money to spend and invest in to advertise your business. And really, isn't that what marketing is supposed to do, right? Like it's supposed to make you more money. It's not supposed to just take your money. So at this point, you might be feeling a little bit skeptical that three simple questions can really change your marketing success in significant ways. And I get it. I'm not saying that these are the only questions that people need to ask their data, but it's been my experience that when you start simply with some basic out-of-the-box reports and key questions that ladder up to interest and inquiries and sales for your service, you can start picking the most low-hanging fruit and, and make really powerful database decisions that get some, some powerful results. In other words, you can get really clear on what you should be doing and get the most like powerful insights by asking the simplest questions. But these questions will, and they should, lead to more questions. As you continue your database journey, you're likely going to incorporate other reports and questions into your repertoire. And that is completely natural. But no matter what, always go to your analytics with solid questions that are related to interest and inquiries. Are they interested in your business? Are they inquiring about your services? Always. All the traffic in the world won't help you if it's not interested in doing business with you. And all the social media and Pinterest marketing in the world won't help you if it doesn't eventually lead to inquiries. So while many social media managers, whom, many of whom I love, will tell you that social media rarely converts to inquiries directly, if you start asking some of these simple questions, you can, you can see whether or not that's true. And you can always just ask your social media manager under what conditions they think social media content would eventually ladder up to inquiries and sales, right? You can start thinking about a more purposeful strategy and align your metrics and data to help you answer this question, right? Is my strategy working? So if you take one thing, just one thing away from this presentation about Google Analytics is 
it's this. The most important thing is not one report or another. The most important thing is the question you ask your reports and analytics. Frame your questions in a way that gauges interest in inquiries and that offers answers with a bias toward action that allows you to take action, insightful action. When you do this one thing, your business will automatically become data-driven and it will be natural and fun. So as you can tell, I am on a mission to help small business owners in the event industry turn data into dollars. And alongside my small but wicked smart team at Mountainside Media, we specialize in data-driven marketing, in particular digital advertising, website metrics, conversion rate optimization, and hyperlocal market research. I also build dashboards. So if you need any help with any of these, I encourage you to reach out for a complimentary strategy call. During the call, we're going to talk about your metrics and what they say about your marketing and the next best steps that you can take to optimize your marketing. I'll give you a full transcript, a video recording, and three to five action steps that you can take to move the needle in your business and your marketing. And also I'm modeling to you what I've just talked about. So you'll see it in action for your business. This is a typically a $600 call, but I'm going to give it to you for free with the WSS coupon code. Uh, if you do need help setting up a conversion goal, we can talk about that on the call as well. My rates for that are between $500 and $750, depending on your setup, what platform you're using, and how straightforward it is for me to build that conversion goal and the amount of work that needs to go into it. But I'm going to give WSS uh, students $100 off if you mentioned that you saw my presentation during the summit. We do limit goal set up to about four per month. So if you're interested, reach out soon so you don't get queued uh, and have to wait for a couple of months. Anyway, thank you so much for your time and attention today. If you're interested in binging on more of my data-driven ads and analytics content, you can find me at mountainsidemedia.com. In addition to a blog that I have there, I also have a big juicy press page with all of my guest podcasts and guest articles, and they're listed and organized by topic. You can also find me on social, follow along at MTN Side Media Co. Thank you for your time today.